This is the Community Podcast with Zach Beard and Aaron Marco, two Morgantown real estate agents highlighting the good people of our city and state. We're taking you behind the sign, connecting interesting people, places, and faces, why they do what they do, and how they came to be doing it. We're building a better community. Oh man, Aaron, there is a crazy thing that happens to your body after you've done some physical exertion. Just that uh, blood pumping through your arms and the... Yeah, especially at altitude. Yes. You know, that's the thing. When you get up so high, you know, having an opportunity to, to exert yourself at over 45 feet up in the air adds a different element to uh, your workout for sure. Not just that, your nerves start to kick in a little bit if you're, you're not uh, used to that sport of climbing. And that's exactly what happened to me. I mean, you trust, you trust the equipment and you got to trust your belayer. If you have an actual person that's belaying you, you have to trust that person as well. And um, once you get up there so high, something happens inside of your brain that starts to question all your life decisions at that point in time. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. It sure does. Yeah, you, you definitely do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a, you're, something just triggers you. And, uh, you know, watching some of these other people here, it's uh, nice to see that that's going to go away at some point. You know, it's, and it's, it's, it's a humbling factor as well because uh, you, you watch people um, just run up and down these walls and uh, you wouldn't recognize them for their level of fitness and agility really kind of outside of it. And you, it's, it's very humbling when you get on the wall and you give it a shot and you really find out how, um, how incapable you are of something like that because you're not familiar with it. And um, it, it really is. It's a humbling experience. It goes back to that, uh, that fine line that we talked about of cocky and confident. Yeah, you, know, you, right. you look at that wall and you're like, yeah, this is going to be easy. Yeah, so we we're here today. To get a little more perspective at gritstone climbing uh with matt i think he's the uh general manager lead climber yeah. um head tell setter. us head setter tell the us a little bit setter. about uh what brought you to morgantown and how you got involved here uh i moved out here from california to help open this gym and uh, be a part of building a big an amazing climbing community Man, this is an incredible facility. If you haven't been to this facility, it is enormous inside. There are climbing walls all over. There's, it's multi-floor, um, and you guys actually have a gym here as well. So, it, I mean, it is a climbing it's, gym, and gym is a part of that. Climbing, yoga, fitness, it's everything. So, yeah, full-service gym, uh, you know, yoga classes five, six days a week, um, and, you know, the best climbing walls and climbing gym in the region. You know, and that's that's an important thing. You know, there's really nothing like this in Morgantown outside of the university setting where the students get an opportunity to use the climbing wall in there, which is not this thing. But um, a lot of people don't know this place exists down here. How long have you been open in this location? We opened in August, right when the Man, pandemic was going crazy. Tough. Yeah, they're very so, tough. Tough. Yeah. Tough to open a business in 2020, and this certainly has to be very hard impact by that. Although I've been in here, you know, today we've been here climbing, having a great time. There are people utilizing the facility. Yeah, you know, Friday morning is a quieter time. We actually do a double reduced capacity Friday morning for more at-risk members that want to come in and climb and without the fear of a crowd. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, but we get pretty busy at times. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So I was noticing here, you know, myself, this is my second time here, second time even being on a rope. Um, you know, you, towards the end, you start to feel a little more comfortable with what you're doing. So there's something here for everybody, it seems like. You know, you got your your numbering scores on the wall. And then, yeah. you know, there's people doing, uh, bringing their own ropes in. Yeah, it's, we have everything from ultra, ultra beginner, never 
done a thing in their life, never athletic, whether you're five years old or 50 years old. Speaking um, of which, that five-year-old was crushing me earlier in here. I was <laughs> being a little demoralized by the five-year-old was running up the wall. Yeah, so we have – our gym's kind of divided into three different sections. We have our main ropes wall, which is the big downstairs wall with 55-foot-tall walls. Um, and then upstairs we have a bouldering area where you climb without a rope, but you land on nice, you know, foam flooring. And then we have what we call the learning zone, which is a combination of top roping and bouldering. But everything in there is a bit more youth-friendly, beginner-friendly – um, so it's a really good way if we have group events or different things, we can kind of keep people separated, you know, on a busy night. But really it just means that we have something for everyone. Um, tons of kids programming, classes, um, you know, we even have a new kinder climb class where a bunch of five-year-olds come in and play games and climb and have fun. And it's, Tell it's, us a little bit more about that. What are the kind of the times like? How, how does that run? How would someone actually get involved and get signed up to take advantage of that? Definitely jump on our website, climbgritstone.com. Lots and lots of information. We have so many programs that I can't remember all the dates and times of everything. Yeah, right. um, we have, you know, beginner kids classes, adult classes, a competitive youth program, um, Fitness classes, yoga, like I said, going about five days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys do competitions and stuff here too, is that right? Yep, we've done two this year because of COVID. Um, USA Climbing, which is the governing body for all competition climbing oh, so in the U.S. So it's a sanctioned, actual sanctioned Oh, yes, and event. it's working with the International Federation of Sport Climbing, which is overseeing the Olympic um, debut, which will happen as soon as the Olymp- you know, Olympics happen again. So this could qualify as an Olympic training center for someone wanting to get into Olympic climbing? Yeah. You know, that's, USA Climbing does have their own specific training center in Salt Lake City. Um, you know, with our competitive program, we want to get kids competing at the national level as fast as we can. Um, I've been lucky enough. I've been climbing for 20 years, and I've coached three different national champions over the years. Um, so I'm looking forward to see what we can what we can find here in West Virginia and in Morgantown and who we can train to, to go compete on no, that no level. Doubt. Well, everybody loves to climb. I don't care who you are. You love to climb things. We started out as kids climbing things, and then at some point we get a little bit fearful um, and we don't experience that for a, a large period of our lives. And so to get in here, you know, like I said many times, I'm on my 51st trip around the sun at this point in time. And for me to get in here and do this, it's 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 really a lot of fun for one thing. And it's a great thing to overcome some of your own personal insecurities on the wall. It's incredible. It's just you and that wall. Yep. It's, climbing is a lot of people that don't fit in with traditional sports find climbing to be an amazing outlet and their main physical activity Um, Because it is dependent solely on you. It's about you getting better than yourself, less than it's about, you know, requiring somebody else to be on a team or do those types of things. So a lot of non-athletes really find climbing a unique sport. Um, Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the numbering system here. As I look around on the various climbs, there's all kinds of different colored handholds. Some are more difficult, some are harder than others, but there's these little tags at the bottom of each thing that have uh, a number system on them. Tell me a little bit about those numbers and what they mean. So we use two different uh, scales, I guess would be a way of saying it. They're the same scales used indoors and outdoors across the United States. Um, of course, Europe and Asia all have their, everyone has their own system. So, mm-hmm. um, But the two we use, the first one's called the Yosemite Decimal System, uh, which ironically was not invented in Yosemite. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> of course. Because <laughs> um, everything is irony. That's yes. right. Um, but that uses what we call, like it's a five-point And then there's a number 5.1, 5.2, 5.3. And it's that second number that really matters. Five means technical rock climbing. Point means how roughly how difficult it is. So 5.1 would be um, easier than a ladder, (laughs) you know, and then up to 5.5, 5.7, getting a little bit harder, 5.8. And when you hit 5.10, it goes 5.10, A, B, C, D, 
511 ABCD. That gives you a more clear picture of the difficulty of what you're about to climb. Um, and the hardest in the world right now is about 515C, I believe. And actually, uh, Jonathan Segrist just put up a new 15A in the New River Gorge just a couple hours south of here. Oh, right okay. here. So it's one of the hardest routes in the U.S. What's the most difficult route here? Uh, we have a 14A. A 14A, okay. So inside, that's pretty darn hard. No doubt. Uh, I think at old statistics, but I believe only 2% of all rock climbers climb 14 or above. Wow. So it's a pretty elite level of an athlete. Yeah, for sure. So, And then the second scale we use is for bouldering, um, and that's a V, and then the same thing. It's a number that follows, so V1, V2, V3. The bigger difference with these is it starts much harder. So V1 and 2 are actually the equivalent of, you know, 5.9 or 5.10. Um, and by the time you're up to V4, that's supposed to be about the same as a 5.12. So, and that, the hardest in the world, there's one proposed V17. Um, but I have a friend that's working on a boulder that might actually be the hardest in the world as soon as he gets it done. Wow. Wow. Yeah, there's I mean, some pretty good climbing right here in, uh, right here in West Virginia, right here in Morgantown. A lot um, of rock around here. There's a lot, a lot of rock within. Yeah, what are some of the great now. spots around here? There's a lot of little kind of mini bouldering and climbing areas spread out. Uh, Snake Hill is a very, very popular destination. Um, what was the other one? Darnell Hollow is a really unique spot just covered with boulders, miles and miles of boulders. And it seems here that, you know, with the growth of the trees, that there could be an amazing boulder 20 feet away and you'd walk past it you know, even know every it. day. Yeah. Um, one of our main employees, Andrew Like, um, is really involved in developing local rock climbing and writing guidebooks. And he found a new boulder project that was two minutes from a parking lot he'd been to a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> That's something. Yeah. I got to say, uh, when I walked in here, I was hit with a little bit of nostalgia. You got the uh, set of rings over there. Those are my favorite thing outside of actually climbing. The rings are my favorite cross training yeah. for certain. Seven years of gymnastics, and that was one of my, my main fortes. <laughs> I loved it. Tempted to try it again, but I'll, I know I'll probably end up injured. You think you could still pull off a front lever? I don't know. I'm going to say no. <laughs> if we can get that on camera, we'll get but a shot of that. Sitting right behind there is that uh, pretty impressive-looking piece of equipment. All lit up with LEDs. Yeah, the tension walls are a very unique thing. Um, there's a few different brands that kind of do a similar thing. We went with the tension because it's the most kind of all, you know, beginner climbers and strong climbers can all really, really use it, where some of the other ones that are similar are just a bit more difficult, more focused on the strong climbers. Um, and the wood just looks cool. And it's and that's a route, like, so say that I was somewhat skilled at what I'm, you know, climbing, mm -hmm. I could program my own route on there and upload it yep, and anybody can, in the world then can go and use it. Exactly. You can create it. So it's, uh, it's, uh, what's that word? Kind of like a crowdsourced. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anybody can put boulder problems in there and create them. Uh, there's I think 20 or 30,000 different routes that you can pull from, from ultra beginner to extremely difficult. So on, on the app, you know, when someone's programming that, how's it even work? Are you so you can, the cool thing with ours versus some of the other ones is you can adjust the angle. So you can go from about 15 degrees down to about 60 degrees overhanging. You tell the app what angle the wall is at, and you tell the app what difficulty you want to climb, whether it's V2 or V12. Um, and then it just gives you a list of boulder problems that people have put in from around the world. And you touch that boulder problem, and it lights up the LEDs to tell you which holds to use. Wow. And then sitting right next to it, and I know it's hard for listeners to see, but we're going to we were joined today with uh, Sparks Productions, Anthony Sparks. He's going to, he'll have a nice little video set up for us, get the rundown on it. 
What's the the piece of equipment over there to the left? To the left, we have our campus wall, um, invented by Wolfgang Gulich, who was going to college, and he created this way of training his fingers. At the time, he was one of the strongest climbers in the world. He was actually the body double for Sylvester Stallone in the Cliffhanger movie. Huh. Um, and huh. so he was working on a route where the holds were just so bad and so far apart that you just had to jump and grab repeatedly over and over again. And so he wanted to train his fingers. And one of the holds he was actually reaching and um, jumping off of only fit the first part of his middle finger only. So he was basically jumping and dynoing off of a mono pocket. And then he would catch another two-finger pocket. Um, so to get his finger strong enough, he built this kind of about 18-degree overhanging wall with little wood rungs on it. And he would climb up and down it without using his feet. So just pure finger strength and power. Um, and he got to the point where he could do that with just one finger at a time. Wow. It sounds superhuman, and it really is. If you walk over one of these things and you actually just try to put a little bit of weight on it, it seems impossible. It doesn't seem like it's a possibility for a human being to do such a thing. But yeah. they do it. It's incredible. You have such a graduated ability here to come in as someone who has never climbed before in your life, get the personal hands-on uh, coaching and experience, and actually work your way up to doing some of these things. It's actually incredible. Yeah, it's been – it's especially opening a brand new gym, there's definitely a strong climbing community with all the local rock around here, but they've never had a great facility to train. So we have a mix of people that have been climbing for maybe 15, 20, and even 50 years, you know, but they've never had the ability to come in and train every day mixed with these people that have never done this before in their life. Or even thought um, maybe it was a possibility. Yep. And so to see people that have come in here for their first time and go from the absolute beginner, total scared, nervous, have to, to have to rest, you know, every 10 feet when they're climbing up the wall to now, you know, running laps on the lead routes and sending hard boulders and, and, you know, growing and progressing. That's, it's really cool to watch. It is, you know, and fear of heights is definitely a real thing for many, many people. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I have that, but then when I got up to the top and I needed to let go, fall, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, you it's do get the first time, the first the time you, you do you get a little, trust. little sense of, you get a little rush there. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad thing. And it, it was nice to see that, uh, it, it kind of dissipated after a while. Once you, uh, you know, the only way to get over falling, the fear fall. of falling is to fall. Yeah. Is to you fall. Know? That's right. I tell you, what, what really surprised me was how physically taxing it was just to go up the wall one time. And, you know, not that I'm a paragon of, uh, of being in shape, but I do work out fairly regularly. And I try to take decent care of myself. But I was wrecked after that first trip up the wall, man. I mean, my, my arms were pumped, and, you know, I had adrenaline running through my, my veins. I mean, it was really – and my cardio was up too. So it really is a solid workout to come here and climb these walls. It is literally a full-body workout. Yeah. Legs, core, arms, especially the, the hands and the forearms. You're, you're activating muscles you've never really activated at that level. And, you know, learning that and then your body will develop and also learning how to control your body and move on the wall makes a big, big difference. Sure. In sports, there's kind of two extremes. There's pure, simple, physical sports, you know, like a hundred meter dash would be, can you run as fast as you mm -hmm. can for a hundred meters? That's very pure physical. And then the other extreme I would say is golf. You can be relatively out of shape, but it's pure precision versus that athletic ability. Climbing is that smack in the middle sport where you need to be in really good shape and have really good body control and body awareness. So it's very much so a mental sport as well as a physical sport. It is for sure. And it's interesting to think about that. You know, there's so many different ways we can train our body. Like even just hunting, uh, you got to, you know, you're looking down there, you're going to take that shot. You got to control so many different things. Mm -hmm. And over time you learn how to do that. And then on this wall is the same way, you know, Rupa, your wife was saying that 
after a while, you, those things, you just learn how to gradually, you know, get better oxygen, control all your thoughts and movements there. And it yeah. becomes a natural process. There's a point too, where especially depending on the type of climbing. So bouldering is pure short. It's kind of the more physical, it's shorter. You're not on the wall very long. And then sport climbing or lead climbing, you're on the wall for a while. Um, and so learning how to actually rest and recover while you're hanging on the wall, you know, think of have a different difficult section of a route and then you get to a spot that's a little bit easier and you have to actually recover and shake out and get that pump to go away a little bit before launching into the next section of the wall. Well, I can really see why people get addicted to this right here because it is something, you know, you get, you want to beat that particular route. Maybe you want to beat your time on that route and increase to a more difficult route. And I can see where it becomes addictive a lot, like a many things like Zach, and I think you mentioned about the hunting thing, but anything where you have to process information under stress and um I, I think, decisions yeah. yeah that's exactly right you got to make real-time decisions under stress and um i think it's a good thing for people to do all the way around i've had a lot of fun here today so far also you're a left coast guy kind of like me <laughs> what uh you know what kind of drew you to rock climbing and then drew you over to this side of the country I started, I climbed a couple times in junior high and high school. I, the, my first time ever climbing was sixth grade at science camp, and I got halfway up a fake wall and cried and came back down. <laughs> um, and then kind of, you know, used that fear to, to, it got exciting, and I wanted to go climbing again through a couple other camps and things. And then uh, my freshman year of college, I took a rock climbing and mountaineering class. And then two weeks into that class, I started working at the climbing gym that was teaching the class. Um, so that puts me even working in the climbing industry for about 21 years now. Um, I've done a ton of other things and bounced around, but climbing has just always been the thing I've gone back to, whether I took a six months off or a year off and then come back, it's been, you know, the climbing gyms have been my home for 20 years of my life. Yeah. Um, so in that, you know, coaching, I've been a route setter for 20 years as well, was able to set for national level competitions. Um, and then I was the brand manager for Evolve, which is a climbing shoe manufacturer. And with that, I got to travel the world and photograph and video some of the top athletes in the world, develop shoes, do product development. Um, and then after that, uh, my wife and I opened a yoga studio and kind of fitness space that was connected to a climbing gym. Um, but due to uh, old paperwork issues and things that were never done correctly, we could not get our business license to operate in that space. So we had to shut that down and then just started looking around the world. Our kids had grown up, you know, we were ready to, you know, stayed in California for kids and careers and decided, you know, maybe we don't need to stay here anymore. Kids, you know, our youngest is now 19 years old. So started literally talking to gyms around the world. Um, and then through uh, what's called climbing business journal, saw the job posting here in Morgantown, started talking to the owners and it seemed like a good fit. So we came out to make it happen. That's amazing. I love that story. I like how you started that story with the touch on fear. You know, you climbed up there, you were terrified, but then that's what it was kind of like the impetus to keep you going here. Then I wish we could have somebody talk about the psychology of fear because it's one thing that can either stop you dead in your tracks or it can mm -hmm. pro apparently propel you yeah, fear, for a, a career. Fears and normal fears, your body telling you, you might be doing something risky. Yeah. That you have to respect that, but you also have to not let that control you. You know. But every day is risk management. I mean, we get yeah. in vehicles, and if you think about this really in a, in a vehicle, um, you're traveling at a high rate of speed in a, in a tin can, essentially, with <laughs> and trusting everybody else on the road that they're going to pay attention and follow the rules. But we get used to it over time, and we get so used to it, it becomes commonplace that we start trying to multitask. We're messing with the radio. We're texting on the phone. or you know, I'm not endorsing such activities, <laughs> certainly, but, but people do do this, and um, 
you know, so it's it's those things that you get used to over time. Um, West Virginia's got some great climbing in it. The New River Gorge area. Have you had World a chance? Class. Yeah, have you had a chance to experience some of that bit, down yep. there? Yep. A little bit. Just got declared a national park, too. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Right here in West Virginia. And so that's some great news. So have you seen people coming in here that have started to learn how to climb and then started out on their excursions into the uh, outdoor climbing? A little bit. You know, since we opened, there was the pandemic. And then, you know, this was a pretty rough winter here. So unless you're into winter sports and it was an amazing winter. Yeah. Um, so now that it's starting to warm up again, people are going to start going outside for the first time. We're going to be offering guiding programs and services as well, along with a lot of programs to teach people the differences between climbing in a gym and climbing outside. Uh, climbing worldwide has grown exponentially in the last five to 10 years, and there's only a finite amount of rock in the real world. And a lot of the really popular climbing areas and world-class destinations, including the New River Gorge, have become overcrowded. Um, so we're working with a local coalition along with the New River Gorge Climbing Alliance um, to teach people how to be respectful, how to stay on the trail, not, you know, common sense things. But for some reason, you start to teach people and remind them, stay on the trail. Don't litter. Yeah. You know, don't bring a boombox out there. <laughs> I like what you said about climbing inside versus outside. You know, you know, we're looking around, all we see are yellow tracks, pink tracks, green tracks. So and that's what we've trained our eye for inside. So when you're outside... What are you looking for in a parallel to that? Um, if it's a boulder problem, you're going to usually have a guidebook or a picture or there's a, a another crowdsourced app called a Mountain Project. Um, and that usually does a pretty good job of getting you to a climbing area. And it'll usually show you a picture of the boulder and kind of the handful of established lines. But it's a lot of, as we talked about the mental side of climbing, it's the problem solving. So, yeah, it's definitely easier here in the gym because you can see a whole lot of blue holds and you still have to figure out how to move your body up those blue holds outside. There's nothing to tell you what's a hold or what's not. You have to kind of find it and figure it out. And sometimes you'll be trying something a hundred times and then you'll look, you know, a foot over and there's a much easier, better way to do what you were trying to do. Yeah. Well, you know, Matt, you keep using this term problem and routes and, and you know, I'm only vaguely familiar with that. Maybe a lot of people who are listening aren't familiar with that. There are names to certain routes, and there are certain um, ways that you're supposed to approach a particular climb. Maybe on one piece of rock, there could be multiple routes. Tell me a little mm -hmm. bit about how those are named and how that how that gets established. Well, bouldering is the shorter, again, uh, shorter climbing without a rope. Um, and even outside, you'll carry a pad out with you on your back, and then you'll set that I on the ground. I see people going to Cooper's Rocks all the time. Yep, Cooper's is another amazing destination right here. Um and so boulder problems, instead of routes, because they're short, they're short little mini puzzles, whether it's a mental puzzle or a physical puzzle. So they just call them boulder problems. Um, routes is more of a term for taller walls, um, whether that's 30 feet or 3,000 feet. Mm -hmm. You know, a route um, is usually in a, a pre-established way to get up the wall. Um, in a sport cliff or a sport crag, which is another crag is our term for area, like an outdoor climbing area. Um, you'll find bolts pre-established on the wall by somebody else. Um, and those are how to, how you can kind of identify different routes or paths up the wall. Um, but then, you know, you think out, think about El Capitan in Yosemite, you know, the nose is the most famous route in the world and it's not bolted. It's a, it's a bizarre kind of crack network and, um, to kind of quote the old school climber, you got to find a, a, a path of weaknesses up the wall. It's an interesting way to put it, for sure. It is. You know, um, a couple of years ago, the movie came out, Free Solo, and I think that mm -hmm. really catapulted climbing into a lot of people's um, visual horizon that maybe it hadn't been there previously. 
Um, who was the guy that did that? And tell me, do you know a little bit about his backstory? Yeah, Alex Honnold, um, probably the most famous climber in the world. Um, he is known for doing what's called free soloing, which is it's a free climbing is a very misused term. Free climbing is whenever you climb using your hands and feet up the wall. So everything you guys did today is free climbing, whether there's a rope there or not. Um, he's known for free soloing, meaning he doesn't have any rope or protection. It's just him, his fingers, and his shoes. And his nerves of steel. Yeah. And his nerves of steel, yes. Um, he's definitely a character, not a lot of... Uh, Sanity? I would, no. I would actually describe him as very sane. You, you talk about <laughs> risk, risk assessment. Um, he is very logical about his risk assessment. But I'm just sure. like, as we said earlier, he's gotten to a level where he can push himself to a completely different standard than even other top level climbers in the world. You know, there's only, you know, at this point, three, four, maybe five climbers that would even consider doing what Alex has done. Um, and that's, that's in the world, in the world. In yeah. The world. I've I mean, watched a couple of specials where he's been interviewed. He was on Joe Rogan not too long ago, mm -hmm. I guess. Well, maybe not too long ago is a relative term, but, um, I have watched a couple of uh, videos of him going around to various places around the world, climbing with different climbers. It's absolutely incredible what these people do. Yeah, he's a pretty unique character. Yeah, to say the least. And we so we've covered some pretty good topics, and I, the nerves of steel. I love that. Yeah, I tell you, man, for for someone who's been out on the rock, I've been out a few times on the edge of rock. I was lucky enough to do a half day guided trip down in New River. Uh, in the New River area, and that was a lot of fun. We had a, a repelling rock climbing excursion down there, and that's a great thing to get out and do. But I tell you what, man, when you're up on the side of the rock, it, it produces a little bit of a pucker factor when you're up there. There's no doubt about that. Um, you start questioning things. And so we had, uh, you know, we're really awesome to have Anthony Sparks come in with us today and get some video of this. And, uh, and his, his partner that works with him, Jeff, did his first rock climb today. How was your experience today? That um, <clears throat> I didn't really see that coming. Um, <laughs> I, because I've never, never once actually harnessed up and gone on a on a rock wall. I, I've played around at like the the base of the student rec center where they have the place where the kids can play around, and I'm like, yeah. oh well, I could probably do this, but. Um, yeah, no, that's a different kind of experience. And so you get up there about ten feet, and how far did you feel you were off the ground? I just felt like it just kept going. Man. Yeah, that's right. You're like 10 feet off the ground, but you're like, man, I'm like 100 feet. And you're like, no, you're like eight feet off the ground. Yeah, yeah no matter how far you go, you just can't help from looking down. Like, and just every time, look down. I, I grab one more rock, and then I look down. And well, now I'm even higher, so I can't. But how, how did you – you had to force yourself to let go, didn't you? You're on an auto-belay system, so they have a, a tethered system. You're on this auto-belay that, you know, if you – get to the top it and you fall off it lets you down nice and slow but you had a difficult time getting yourself to let go didn't you that's the worst part is you just <laughs> most of the time they say trust gravity but that's like trusting gravity won't do its job for yeah. once and yeah it takes a, a literal leap of faith to get off because i could keep climbing up there but I couldn't get down. Couldn't get down. No. Matt, how often do you deal with that? And what do you tell people to help overcome that? You get to the top yeah. and you're stuck. That's a that's an everyday thing. 
Um, the best thing to do is to have people do a practice one about 10 feet off the ground to get the feel. It's that, that especially with the auto blaze, that first moment where you have to just let go. They're designed in a way where if you want to come in and climb and get tons and tons of mileage in, it'll let you climb up and down the wall. So it's not going to stop you from lowering yourself very slowly. It takes that true foot and a half of engagement and just faith and commitment to actually do its job. You get to feel everything you've eaten over the past five days come up to your throat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had to wait anybody out? Like they get up to the top and they just won't come down, but you know, eventually they will come down. Yeah. You get tired and eventually you're going to have to That's right. Go. Have you ever had to wait um, anybody out? Not too bad. Okay. Not too badly. Um, the, you know, there's been almost rescues. How about that? Almost rescues. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's crazy. So, Jeff, would you say, though, you'd come here again? Oh, I'm already thinking about who I'm going to bring. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, because downstairs when you came up here, you're like, yeah, you're on the border. But, uh, yeah, it's, you'd definitely come back. Yeah, That's, I think we're all sold on getting a membership. There's no doubt about that. I think you so. Know, I'm telling you. Um, you know, I'll let you look at the website for the rates, but it is incredibly inexpensive. Um, and maybe you want to tell us a little bit about the rates and what's up and coming for 2021. Yeah, our standard membership is $75 a month. Which is a crazy um, great price. Full, all-inclusive. Whenever we're open, you can be here. All access to the fitness, the facility. Uh, we also do a lot of classes that are free to members. So if you're starting from scratch and don't know anything, you can come in on your first day and we'll get you certified on the Autoblay. You do that a couple times. You want to learn how to top rope and tie yourself in and belay for your partner. Um, you can sign up for a free class to do that. You want to go to the next level, learn how to lead climb and start taking, you know, climbing up our big main lead wall. It's a two-day class, about two hours each session. But again, it's free for members. Okay. So that's a good question too. So as, as a member then, and if you're coming here solo, there is somebody on staff to help belay you or is that just no no we don't do that so if you're here by yourself we have access to the whole bouldering area and all of the auto belays we auto have blaze. eight auto belays total okay and do those auto belays still range in those numbering system yep every auto belay we try really hard to make sure there's several that are extremely beginner friendly and then even for those that are a bit more experienced we want to have ones where even strong climbers can come in and get a really good workout by themselves gotcha yeah now is there a day pass available can you just yep. come in off the street day pass is 18 dollars for an adult 12 dollars for a kid um you need to rent harness and shoes um you know so that's six bucks for both so and then yeah and if somebody's it. already fully set up with their own equipment and they can bring yep. that Bring your own harness, your own shoes. You do need to wear climbing shoes, kind of like a bowling alley, you know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, whether they're yours or rentals, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we have lots and lots of programs, as we mentioned earlier. Our youth programs are happening pretty much every day, a competitive team. Uh, the one exciting thing we have coming up, we really want to let Morgantown know we're here and what we're about. So we're going to do a community day on March 26th. It's going to be free for everybody all day long, until actually until 6 p.m. Okay. Definitely want to put that on your calendars. Yep. Definitely do that. We are still operating at 50% capacity, so that's going to be our only limitation that day. Um, so we're going to be keeping that. We also, if you are worried about COVID, as we all are, um, we do have a, a COVID counter on our website. So we update the, the amount of people in the gym every half an hour. So you always check the website to see how busy we are. Okay. Fantastic. Masks are required in the building as well when you are here. Yeah. And it does seem like everybody's distance out very well here right now we have we have a ton of airspace especially a big tall building like this um you know that's one of the big pushes with everything happening is to separate climbing gyms from general gyms because a normal gym is not a lot of airspace and it's a lot of stuff really close to each other here in the climbing gym you could stay 10 feet away from somebody at all times and still get an amazing workout in good deal 
Well, as we get ready to wrap up, Jeff, you want to give us a plug for Sparks Productions? Um, let's come up with a mission statement real quick, just on the spot right now. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> well, I tell you, you I look I, good. Yeah, he will make you look good. I've known Anthony Sparks for a long time. He's got a production company here in town. He does high quality commercials and videos, weddings, um, anything that you need to document with videography or photographs. Anthony Sparks of Sparks Productions is definitely the way to go with that. So you can look him up on uh, Facebook, Instagram, the World Wide Web, and all those various avenues of uh, finding somebody these days. I tell you, I had a lot of fun here today. It was a terrific, terrific outing. And I thank you very much, Matt, for hosting us here today. Happy Zach, to thanks for guys. coming down again. Thank Anybody you. else want to wrap something up? No, this is good. Come check out Grista. Come check it out. Come check it out. Come check it out.